Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. Then we turned back and set out toward the wilderness along the route to the Red Sea, as the Lord had directed me. For a long time we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Give the people these orders. You are about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendants of Esau who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful. Do not provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land, not even enough to put your foot on. I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his own. You are to pay them in silver for the food you eat and the water you drink. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. So we went on past our relatives, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. We turned from the Arabah road, which comes up from Elath and Ezion-Geba, and travelled along the desert road of Moab. Thanks, Fred. Thank you, Linda. Um, let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for this new year of 2023. Thus, we come and we start and we focus and we think ahead. Lord, I want to pray that may your Holy Spirit lead us guide us, and speak to us, O oh God, that I share this message this morning. Lord, I want to thank you because of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Happy 2023. Guys, you're not enthusiastic. That's why I'm talking about transition, because I was looking back Growing up as a primary young boy in, in primary school, and New Year was one of the most, most exciting time of a season. New Year was very exciting. We always look forward to move to the next class in the high school or in the school. You always want to be the next class higher than above or beyond you. And even as growing up a young teenager, I always looked up to my brothers. You felt that something they had that you did not have. And you always wanted to grow just a little bit more to be older. Transitions are good when you're young. But as you grow older, transitions become a little bit frustrating. A little bit tiring a little bit hard even to think that is happening. Just the other day, we had uh, Jerry and, and Jesse, tiny little ones. I remember, sorry Jerry, I have to talk about this. Forgive me. I remember taking young Jerry to daycare and he was just screaming and trying to pull me back. Daddy, don't leave me here. And now Jesse wants to, 
to move on its own. As a season is feeling like I need to move on. But that time, they are like, you can't leave me. You know? So transitions are good, but sometimes they're scary. They're very scary. But also there are some transitions for some of us who left our culture and our land to transition to a new country. It was hard. You feel the grief. You feel the loss. Because, yes, Australia is one of the most loving countries around the world. But of course, you've left family and everything else behind. So there's a bit of pain. There's a bit of grief. There's a bit of loss when you come to a new culture. In some of us, transition could be the job you left. You've been in that job and transitioned to a different job. For some of us, transition could have happened in relationships, in family, in your heart. Transition can happen. You used to be a sinner, but now you're in the kingdom. You're part of the children of God. Thank you, Linda, for reading for us this scripture this morning. My message to, maybe I'm talking to myself today. My message today, don't get stuck in transitions. Don't get stuck in transitions because these things happen. But the hardest thing as a person, the hardest thing as a human being is to get stuck. When everybody else is moving to the next class, you're coming from high school, you're transitioning to university. You're coming from primary school, you're transitioning to high school. It's very easy to get stuck into your primary school. It's nice and cozy. The teacher has to count every child that walks into the classroom in the primary school. It was always nice to sit in a little corner, do a little bit of coloring. And when time, sometimes you're bored as a kid in primary school, the teacher will come and say, let us sing. And you have a nice time to sing and have fun because you're bored with the school. And then when you step to high school, things change. You're no longer sitting in that corner and you're having that nice music. Things change in high school. And then now you move to college. Nowadays, even lectures are done and recorded. You're told, go and do those lectures and bring, make sure that your assessments are in in two weeks' time. See you in two weeks. If you need anything, please go back to Zoom or to the recorded messages and read through again. But then you go through the transition of college and you step out of transition of college, you step into the world and you don't have any work experience and you have to look for employment. And you have to look for work. And you have to look for a partner, some of us, and get married. And without even resting, as marriage couples, young ones start coming in, toddlers, kids crying, screaming everywhere. The transition becomes from being fun, it starts becoming noisy, it starts becoming a little bit disappointing sometimes. 
The teachers are ringing you because your young man or young boy is not coping at school. Your boss is ringing because nowadays you don't concentrate at work. Your family is pressing you what is happening with your life. The pastor is calling, I haven't seen you in church for the last two Sundays, three Sundays. And everybody's ringing around you. Transition has come, but has brought a lot of challenges. Your head is mixed up. Your family is crying behind you. Your boss is screaming. And the teachers are asking, what's wrong with your children? The bank is calling you because you haven't repaid your mortgage in the last couple of two weeks. And the council is calling you. Your rates haven't been paid as well. We haven't seen your rates coming in. And transitions, it was a lovely transition into your own home, but it has become a nightmare. Today I want to give us, to share with us the story of Moses. Moses has experienced the fire of God in the burning bush. God has spoken to Moses. God has invited Moses. I want you to lead these people. I've heard the cry. I've seen their desperation. I've seen the frustration. I want you to get these people out of Egypt because I have a plan. I have a place for them. So life full of change and transitions. Many times transition exposes cracks in our journey, in our faith, and in areas where we are not only fully trusting God, but through the difficulty of change, we can still rely on God. And today we are going to look at the story of Moses and the Israelites from the Bible who experienced seasons of transition and trials of life and these families experience times of frustration, pain, and suffering, and difficult questions came. Did God actually talk to you, Moses, that we have to leave everything behind, our families, our friends, our investment, and come to this terrible, terrible desert with nothing? Are you sure you had God? Or is just playing on us? Do you really know what you're doing, Moses? Are you sure you know where we're going, Moses? We too experience these seasons of transition, and it's vital that we rely on God when life gets tough. And during these times of transition, knowing the time to move forward is very, very important. Knowing the time to move, because if you don't move, you get stuck. If you don't move, you remain behind. If you don't move, you miss out on the plan and the purposes of God. If you don't move, the presence of God will not wait with you because God is into something. And if you don't move, the trust that you had for God disappears. And the enemy slowly starts to plant in you and I the spirit of doubt that invites the devil to tell you that God actually did not mean or say what you had. 
Moses was now 120 years old. And the promised land just lay ahead of him. The promised land was not very far. He had led the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt and through the wilderness to receive God's law at Mount Sinai. Do you know the journey from up in Egypt to where these guys were stuck, that thing is not very far. It's an easy journey, but I think theologians agree that it took about two years. It took about two years for them to travel through that to get to where they were. And everybody was happy. God gave them the commandments. God spoke to them. The manna was just flowing from heaven. You don't have to cook. You don't have to think of washing dishes. Because food was just coming from heaven. You don't have to budget. You don't even need money because they didn't even have currency. The currency they owned then, they left it in Egypt because in the wilderness, it was useless. They didn't need to carry any money. No credit cards. Life was flowing for them. They had watched God open up the Red Sea. And they just stepped into the Red Sea and crossed. But Moses is going back to this story because the story actually of the journey is in numbers. But most of those people that traveled with Moses, most of them were dead. Most of them were not even living. And Moses had been informed by God that actually yourself, you're not going to be able to see the promised land. And sometimes I ask myself and as a pastor, that after staying, staying and preaching to most of the Sundays, and I'm told, Fred, that is heaven, but I don't think you are stepping in heaven. I'll be very, very discouraged. I don't think I'll have the energy to stand before you and tell you about God. But I'm glad for people like Moses, 120 old person, struggling to walk through this desert. But God reminds him to tell the people that this is a season, this is a time. So Moses goes back into the journey of the things that God had done for them and how the trip happened in the book of Deuteronomy. But because of Israel's disobedience in refusing to enter the land of Canaan, which God had promised them, they wandered aimlessly between Kadesh Barnea and Ziad Valley for 38 years. Remember I said two years was quite comfortable. Everybody was happy. Everything was flowing. Everything was coming. But if you look at the book of Numbers chapter 14, they come to this place, Kadesh Barnea, in that valley, and God asked Moses to send 12 spies to go and spy the promised land. And the spies get into this land. Ten of them come and say, it's not for us. 
this is not for us. And two of them come and say, Caleb and Joshua come and say, that is for us. But the people listened to the ten and refused to get on the land. They said no. Because, because of the frustration and the pain and the challenge they've gone through, they came to the conclusion that this was not God's idea. It wasn't the will of God. It was not the plan of God. It's not God's timing. Because Moses, you were wrong. So for 38 years, these guys were moving around this area. They settled there. They felt this is home. They felt this is the place because we can't go back. We have to settle for 38 years. So Deuteronomy 2 records Israel's first act of obedience. This is the first time now Moses is coming back to the people with the story of obedience since they left Sinai. After remaining in Kadesh many days, like we've said, 38 years, the people finally decided to obey God's previous command to turn around and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Sorry, don't laugh at that map. It didn't come up the way I wanted. But I want to just, just give you a little picture. But it didn't come out the way I really wanted it to come out. But I was looking at the map of this place. And you can see they went up and they came down. They went up and went down. But finally, finally, the breakthrough came to them. Breakthrough came. And I was reading this story. I was thinking of, of a fly. You know, I used to think we have flies in Kenya, but I came to Australia and I found there are so many flies in Queensland. The first time I, I stepped in Queensland, it was during Samaya, and flies were chasing me everywhere. Flies. I never imagined that I could find flies in the West. I was imagining a fly that is stuck in the car and all the windows are rolled up. It's hot, you're driving, and this fly jumps into the car and you're trying to open the window slowly for it to jump out and it jumps on the other side. And I was feeling like, God, is that how we treat you sometimes? When you open the window for us to get into the promised land, we try and jump on the other end. God has been giving us opportunities for breakthroughs, areas for us to jump out, areas for us to explore things, but we keep on playing tricks because we can see the light on the other side, but God knows that that side is actually locked. You can see the light through the mirror, but it's not open for you. The breakthrough has been opened for you, but your thinking is a trap. Your thinking is a trap. So let's look at the first part of this chapter. <clears throat> the Bible said that we turned back and set out towards the wilderness along the route of the Red Sea. As the Lord had directed me, for a long time we made our way around the hill country of Syria. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill long enough. 
turn north. It may sound like these guys were crazy. These guys were weird. How can such opportunity miss as such a chance to move to the land that is milk and honey? But I was thinking how many times ourselves you've been stuck in your mountain for many times. You've been stuck on your own mountain. You've been going around this mountain of yours. You've been going around this mountain. You know it in your heart, your mountain that you've been going around yourself. You know it. You know your mountain. And God, for many years, God has been saying, get out of this mountain, move this direction. But you're so consumed by your mountain. You're so consumed by your mountain. I know my own mountain. I know it. I'm telling God, 2023, I want to step out. I want to move north with you. I want to move to the next level. Friends, your spiritual journey will never come to a celebration if you hang on that mountain. Your destiny will never be defined if you hang on that mountain. Your breakthrough will never come through if you're still going around on that mountain. Your prayer life will never change if that's the prayer lifeline you've been holding for every year. Your worship style, the way you approach God and the way you do things can never change if that's the same mountain you'll be going every year. You can do it for 20, 30 years. God never forced them to get out of that mountain. He never forced them. But God knew one day they'll open their eyes and see the way to north. Heaven is free. Eternity is free. The glory of God, everything about God is free. But God is inviting each one of us to open our eyes and see the opportunity for ourselves. God is saying, I have everything laid in front of you. I have my glory, I have my Holy Spirit, I have my presence for you. That everything I've done in this world is for you, for free. You can worship, you can do whatever you want to do for free. As you partner with me, as you relate with me, it's all for free. But you have to open your eyes and see. I've been telling God, I don't want to be in the generation that missed out to step into the promised land. That I've done all this journey. I've fought the Egyptians. I've crossed the Red Sea. I've seen your manna from heaven. I've seen water being struck from the rock. After I've seen everything, I'm telling God, I don't want to miss on heaven. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be stuck on my mountain. My prayer today is that all of us, we keep moving into a new season. And this is a new year, friends. This is a new season. 
There's only one way to go through a transition. And that's to keep moving. Don't stop. Don't get stuck. Because you've been on this mountain for long. I was sharing with my wife this morning. A friend of mine told me one day, as a female lady, she shared with me a bit of her story. And she told me, from the time she got married, her husband and the family, they never, never, never accepted her. They never accepted her. The husband pretended many times to love her. He pretended. But the family never embraced her. They never loved her. They never, she never felt like she was part of the family. And she tried. You know, every morning you wake up, you feel like maybe, maybe he will change. Maybe things will be different. Maybe the family will come up and say, maybe it's a mistake they made. And, and everything every year used to be the same. And for many years, she saw the red flags coming. There were red flags from the day she entered into this relationship. Red flags were there. And she never saw that. Until one day, she just made a silly thing. It's just simple, something silly. It wasn't a big thing. And this guy got so physical and punished her so badly. Bitter to death. I'm sorry for, if you've gone through this, please. It's, it's, it's not easy, but there are people actually going through that. And when she was beaten up, her eyes actually opened up. And she went back, she realized, actually, I've never been accepted. I've never been, you know, things, eyes opened up. I'm just telling God, I don't want to be in a place that from the time I started my journey, that you've shown me this is not the route, this is not direction, but I keep on insisting maybe, maybe. And I'm, I'm looking at these guys for 38 years, so maybe this could be the route out of this place. They were trying out something. Could this be the route out of this? You know, trying maybe something will work out. I want to encourage all of us that unless you work with God, because God has a plan and a purpose. And if you work with God, the breakthrough, the transition will happen in the right way. The revival 2001, you have just used 2001 as an example for me, was good. But God is inviting you into a new season, into a new revival. You know, sometimes we go back and reflect on the things, that the miracles, the things that were so nice for us 10 years ago. And God is like, that was for that time. This is a new season. Don't be stuck in the revival of 2000. Don't be stuck because I, when, when Ben, ben Heen came to Adelaide, you are there and you're shouting and, and things were made for you and you feel like, oh, that is my revival. God is inviting us for a new season. He's saying, you know what, that was 2000. This is 2023. Are you stuck in 2021 or you're moving forward to the next transition?
Are you thinking of the manna in the, in the wilderness? Are you thinking about the Red Sea? Are you thinking about the commandments I gave you from heaven and just came and I wrote them for you? He's saying that was a different season. We are in a new season that unless you think through and step in that land, I'm not part of your trip with you guys. Some people are asking the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. And some people are asking, did Lazarus die again? Who wants to answer that? Linda, did Lazarus die again? <laughs> You're not sure? <laughs> yes, Lazarus died again. He died. And this time, the miracles, the other miracle did not come because God was preparing for my new season. He said, Lazarus, I gave you a chance. You came back. But that was for that time. If Lazarus never gave his life to Christ after that miracle, I'm sorry, I don't think you'll be in heaven with everybody. And God is reminding all of us. He's saying, yesterday, I did a lot of stuff. I performed miracles. I revealed myself to you. He's telling Moses, I showed myself in the burning bush. I did ABCD for you. But today is a new season. So don't hang on that mountain for long. I'm in transition. I'm moving. I'm working. I'm at work every day. I'm doing something new for you. And sometimes transition can be painful. It can be hard to be hopeful during a transition, especially when the destination is, not, is unclear. It can be hard to trust when God's promises, and sometimes <clears throat> when God's promises take longer to come about than when we want. Transitions can be hard. I think I thought about this this yesterday. I was thinking about my own my own mother. Because when my dad died, it was a big transition for my mom. It was. And it took my mom a long, long time to go through that transition to be, to get where she needed to be. Her prayer life was impacted. Her journey, a lot of her journey, her things were impacted by the death of my father. And I tell people transitions can be painful sometimes. But God always opens a door for us to get out of them and move to the next transition for in our journey. It took my mom close to five years to heal from the death of my father. But even now when he, she got healed from that, she struggled to live longer. Because when my dad died, 
my mom had so many other diseases that came along with that that she had to deal with that impacted her life so much and constantly she was in a lot of pain it was a big big transition for her and that's how people sometimes things happen some transitions you, you, we don't invite them but they happen in our journey in life but it's always to go close to God, to stick with God and allow God to journey with you through those transitions. Because if you journey with God through those transitions, the healing, the journey becomes a bit easier. Because he says, take my yoke, is easier. And give me your burdens. But I think many times you do the opposite. You, you want to carry your burdens yourself. But God is saying, give me. Give me your burdens, because my yoke is easy. That if I if I join if you join me, and we put it together, and we walk together with you, I'll help you to pull through this process. I'll walk with you through this process, and 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 help you to to carry it with you, until when we get the breakthrough to the promised land, that is there for us. The other thing I want to share with us about not getting stuck is embrace the process. You know, sometimes we resist because the process is too hard for us. In verse 4 to 6, the Bible says that give the people these orders. God is reminding Moses that you're about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendants of Esau who live in, in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful do not provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land, not even, not even enough to put your foot on. I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his own. You are to pay them in silver for the food you eat and the water you drink. The process is different. The other process, Everything was coming from heaven. The manna was coming from heaven. When you are thirsty, Moses was instructed to stack water in the, in the rock. And now you're being told even water, you're going to pay for it. You have to pay for every single, and I'm not going to give you even a foot of their land. The process is changed. But if you want to get there, you have to embrace the process. You have to embrace the process. I think many of us, we get stuck because the process becomes a little bit complicated. You feel like, no, 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 no. You, 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 you've gone to work. You've been looking for employment. They've offered you the job, and now you give conditions to the employer. You give conditions. Because you don't want to follow the process. And many times we give God conditions because we don't want to process, embrace the process. And I'm looking at these guys like, hey, what happened to the free manna and the free water from the rock? And now you want us to pay. I don't understand God to you anymore. I don't understand anymore. God. And that many times you do the same. Because when the process changes, when the process becomes a little bit completed, you tell God, I don't understand you 
anymore. I don't understand you anymore. I want to encourage us, friends, that God, the same God, who provides the manna and the water from the rock, he's the one who provides the money that we buy. If he gave them the if he gave them the water from the rock and the manna, he's the one who provides the money to spend. So friends, yes, the process changes, but it's the same God that provides. And many of us get stuck because we don't like the process and we don't impress it. The last thing I want to share with us, remember the Lord's presence. We found that in verse 7, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has washed over your journey through the vast wilderness. Even when they were wandering, God has washed you through those vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. It's very hard to see God, especially when you are going through hard times. It's hard to see God. I can tell you myself and my family, we've gone through some hard times. And because it's hard to pray, it's hard to see God in everything. But my prayer today, I want to remind us that God, even through those challenges, his presence is with us. He has promised his presence to remain with us, to join with us through everything we do. And sometimes his presence is not necessarily a voice from heaven. His presence is like a sister he sends you around. It's like a brother he sends you around to stay with you. When I, give you, when I send you that text message, when I call a, a phone call and ask you how you're doing, that could be his presence. When I visit you at home and you're not feeling well, that could be God's presence. You know, his presence can come in so many ways. And that's why we as a family, we are family, we are friends, but also we have a pastoral crown on us that God has given us that we join with each other in every situation in this world. The Lord reminded the Israelites that <clears throat> then conquering the land of the Edomites, the Edomites were provoking them in any way. The Israelites were to engage in honest trade with them. God specifically stated that you shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat and you shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. You know, when you think about Edomites or uh, in, 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 in Africa, call them Edomites or Amorites or uh, other tribes who are there. These tribes, actually, they resisted God. They were not God-friendly. These tribes were against Israel. 
but they were family, some of them like the Amorites. But God is trying to remind these guys that those guys, as much as they don't embrace me, they don't want to be part of me, I've provided for them. They have land that I've given them. They have some things that I, God, provided for them. That if I provided for those guys, how much more I, your God, can give you as my children. If God can provide for these people, the enemies, if I, God, have provided for people that don't even worship me, I, God, have given them. How much more as your father, as a God who had invited you to this land, as a God who has chosen you as my own children, how much more can I provide for you as my children? So, God encourages people through Moses. He encourages people to press on towards Canaan by reminding them of the many blessings they receive from him, stating, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through the great wilderness. And during that time, difficult time, the Israelites had not lacked a thing because the Lord their God had been with them. So what am I saying? I'm saying God is inviting you to move into what has called you to do. Jesus said that, Father, if, it's not, if you're not willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours to be done. I can tell you some cups are not easy. Some transitions are not easy. And sometimes I ask God, was there, did you have another alternative to redeem mankind rather than subjecting your own son to the cross in front of cruel, uncivilized non-believers? Was there another alternative? But that's God's way of transitioning us into the kingdom and into coming back to be part of that. So God is inviting us to a new season. Yeah, the next one. God is inviting for a new season. And for some of us, for this mountain has been so big and wide. It has isolated you from your friends. And now it is stopping you from your canon. Your prayer life for many of us is dead because this mountain has been hanging around us. This mountain has become so big that your spiritual journey is slowly dying. This mountain has been so big that your spiritual journey needs revival.
I was writing this message, I was thinking about single moms. And single parents. And sometimes you found yourself in a situation you are, not because you chose to. But circumstances have put you where you are. And you have all these things around you that you have to deal with. But my prayer today, that whatever mountain that is hanging around you, that God will open a door for you for a breakthrough. That the challenges you're facing, the things that surround you, it could be a sickness in your body. My mother battled blood pressure for a long time after my dad died. It ended up killing her. Blood pressure. And for many years, that was a mountain around. It affected a lot of other things that she would have loved to do. For somebody, it could be cancer. Has become a mountain around you. You know, you go around this. Every time you talk to God, this mountain has become big for you. And God is inviting you. Yes, I know it's there, but I want to invite you to the promised land. I want to invite you to a place that even if you don't get the physical healing, your spiritual healing will happen. You may not get the financial breakthrough because money has been your mountain. You may not get the money to pay that mortgage. You may not get the money that you need or the financial breakthrough you need, but I want to invite you to a place where you don't have Spend money. And that's the land that I'm going to give you, Canaan. That you not pay for a single thing because of that. Transitions are not always easy. In fact, most of the time, they're painful. But transition is also necessary. It's a vital, it's an inevitable part of our lives. That everything is in a constant state of Transition. But the greatest transition in our way is our way to Canaan. That everything we do, the challenges we face, the suffering, the pain, and every struggles we have here, there can be a weight for us. They can be heavy. But I think the greatest thing that God is giving us is eternal life. The greatest thing that God is giving us is a promised land that he's saying, yes, I know that this challenge is around, but I want you not to miss heaven. I don't want anything that is happening to impact your journey to your heaven. Are you stuck at your Kadesh Banaya? Because Israel was there for 38 years. Israel was this place for 38 years. They went around this place for a long time. As I finish and the worship team comes back and Linda, the team comes back, Paul said in 2 Corinthians that we are transitioning to Christ's image. When you transition into Christ's image, it's not, a, it's not going to be easy. And he's saying we are transitioning Christ's image for, from glory to glory. Jeremiah reminded the people and told the nation of Moab that unlike Israel, they had not transitioned from vessel to vessel and therefore retained a sinful state and sent 
before God. Please, God is inviting us to transition from vessel to vessel. That the life today, the miracles today, the things today will be different tomorrow. That the thing that God is doing today is going to be different tomorrow. And God is saying, I want to join with you into the next transition. I want to join with you into a new season. I want to join with you into a new year. I want to join with you into something that I'm doing new. Yes, yesterday the glory was there. The miracle was there. The healing was there yesterday. The revival was there yesterday. But today there's a new revival. Today there's a new healing. Today there's a new miracle for you. Let's stand on our feet today as we worship together. As we thank God because your mountain today, it should be in your way of your canon. Let's stand on our feet, please. Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda.